Glad you guys are in church, in church today. Come on, anybody else, like between yesterday and today, it was like we were, we're getting a little hint that fall isn't far away, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of felt a little, some of you don't like that. You're like, stop reminding me that summer's over. Um, but I'm just excited to wear a hoodie. So uh, I, I love that you start to get that first cool day outside. We've been in a series called Holy Spirit. Today we're going to go into the third week. We're talking about how to tune in to what the Holy Spirit wants to do and say in our lives. And so I'm excited to, to go on, to continue on that journey with you today. Um, I, before we do, I just want to commend you as a church. Uh, we've just finished the last 21 days a season of prayer as we turn our hearts, we turn our attention to the fall now, and, and it's, in the natural world, it's harvest season as you get into fall, and it, we found that to be true in the church world as well, and not just here, but all across the country. For, for some reason, this is a time of year where just the rhythms of people getting back to school and all of that, we see uh, as, as September comes, the, the end of August, people will keep doing their vacations and all of that, but you'll see, the end of, as August comes to a close and we get into September, uh, this service especially will get pretty full and, um, but we'll see a lot of new faces and we'll see a lot of people making decisions to follow Jesus. And that's really what we've been praying for for the last 21 days uh, for the harvest, but also for the, Jesus says the harvest will never be the problem. It's, you got to have laborers in the harvest, people who will go serve and work and lead people to Jesus. And uh, so I want to ask you now, as we turn from this 21 days of prayer, and I'm so proud of you and your participation in that. I want to thank you for it. But let's, let's now turn our attention to the harvest season. Come on, everybody. Okay, I'll just, I'll preach over here to Jim. <laughs> Jim, you ready for the harvest, my brother? Let's go. Uh, you better be outreach team. All right, come on, come on. Y'all ready for the harvest season? All right, we're going to see people have their lives transformed and people come to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to, to ask the Lord to help you leverage your own voice and your own story as we work to see people come and find out what it means to be a, a really a devoted follower of Jesus. I'm not, I'm not really interested in just building a big crowd. I want to I help people learn what it means to follow Jesus. Come on, y'all. And, um, and so you can help, right? You can, I, I want to encourage you. Ask the Lord to just kind of show you where there's some opportunities. I've got a couple people in my life who, one of them in particular is like just super not interested in coming to church and is, is very... Uh, open with the fact that they, they don't really believe in, in any of this, uh, but we have a, a, a friendship, and it's, so I just, I, every once in a while, there's an opportunity, I feel like the Lord kind of opens a door, and I just always say, hey, I just want you to know, you, you have an open invitation anytime you want, I've got a seat for you, and, um, or anytime you want to chat, anytime you have questions, I, I, you, just, you just let me know. And um, I'm just telling you, if you ask the Lord to open up those windows or those doors for you, those opportunities, he will, everybody, because when we do that, we're getting ourselves in alignment with what he wants to accomplish, all right? It's what he wants to accomplish. And so I want to encourage you, as you head into the fall season, be thinking about people in your life that uh, you could you invite them to church to say, hey, there's a spot for you, all right? Uh, I've got a seat right next to me, and, and, um, and, and I don't want you thinking about the people that like are already locked into their church. I want you thinking about the people who aren't, all right? That's who I want you, who I want you going after and, and, um, and just invite them to come with you. There's another way you can help too in the fall season. Every single one of you have a connection card in the seat pocket there in front of you. There's a digital version in the True Life app 
that you can get to on your phones. And there's a link being posted on all of our online platforms where you might be watching on the live stream today. And if you would just be open to potentially hosting a group this fall, um, it's not too late. And we would love to just come alongside and, and equip you. Maybe you've got a, a living room and a TV and, and you can make some food. I'm just telling you, if you can do those things and then pray, you can have a successful small group, everybody. And um, especially if you can do the food. You don't even have to have all the other stuff. Just food. Come on. That'll, that'll get it done. And, um, and so if you're kind of just, man, I don't know, would you just let us know on a connection card? We'd love to just have a conversation with you, explain what it looks like to, to host a group. We already have a bunch of groups that will be offered September 10th when we launch our fall semester. This one runs for 13 weeks. But some of you kind of maybe been on the fence. And if you just fill that out, we'd just love to have a conversation with you about what that process looks like. And it might be the right time. It might be the right season for you. If everybody shows up on the same weekend, like Easter, there's over 600 of you that call True Life home. Um, and I can't pastor them all. Like, I just can't. Uh, but you can help me if you open up your living room and share some curriculum and talk about the Bible and talk about what God's doing in our lives. Come on. Amen, everybody. All right. So uh, just pray about that. Think about it. Let us know if that's something that you'd be interested in. And um, Kyle, our small groups director, will reach out to you and share all that information with you. He's doing such a fantastic job uh, over the last several months of kind of just, we're just kind of taking groups to the next level. I'm so proud of all of our group leaders and everything that's happening there. So uh, let's get back to John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus is talking to the disciples here, and he says, guys, I'm going to leave. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I got to go. And they're like, don't go. And he says, I have to, and it's actually to your benefit that I go away, because if I don't, everybody say the next two words, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I'll send him. And we spent all of last week talking about the helper, all of the different ways that the Holy Spirit helps us in our, our, our Christian journey, our journey of following Jesus. And, and I ended last week with inviting you to, to pray uh, a few lines, um, Holy Spirit speak, and I'll listen, Holy Spirit lead, and I will follow, and then I kind of left you hanging. Holy Spirit, fill me, and I will, and I told you you got to come back next week to figure this one out. And so uh, if you didn't, didn't get a chance to hear last week's message yet, it's okay. I think today's will stand on its own just fine, but I would encourage you to go back and, and uh, figure this out or, or listen and, and get caught up with where we're at. But we left it with this one. Holy Spirit, fill me, I will, and depending on kind of what you were exposed to in your life up to this point, this statement leads to a range of possible feelings, <laughs> thoughts, emotions, and um, so some of us, this is a foreign concept, Holy Spirit, fill me, what is that? I have no idea what that is. Um, others, if you maybe come from a charismatic or Christian background, you're getting really excited right now, like you're about to bust out the tambourine, please don't. Um, Got to audition for the worship team to, to bust out the tambourine. That's the rule. All right, so um, others of you are like a little emotionally triggered because the only places you've ever been where anybody talks about the Holy Spirit, it was weird. And so I just want to kind of lay out a foundation this morning before we go any further. I just want to make a statement. And I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. 
but the Holy Spirit is not weird. Come on, say amen, everybody. The Holy Spirit's not weird, but people are weird. But the power of God, the presence of God, can cause us to respond and react in ways that we're maybe not accustomed to or would catch us off of guard. The Bible's actually full of this. So you see people who get into the presence of God and they can't even stand up. They just, they fall in the presence of God. They're on the floor. uh, You see Moses on the mountain. He says, Lord, show me your your glory. And and God's like, I can't show you all of it. It'll kill you. Because your human body cannot handle my glory, cannot handle the, the fullness of my presence. And so when we get into the presence of God, there can be a, a physical response. There can be an emotional response. There's, we're going to talk about some of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives today. But I just want to kind of pull back the, could some of the, these things feel unusual? For sure. Uh, I, I, in fact, I prayed with a guy a little over a year ago now in one of our first Wednesday services. And God was, just, he was, move, God was moving in a pretty cool way in that service that night. And, and I, I prayed for a lot of people. And this gentleman came back to me later and he goes, uh, what was that? And I said, what, what, I don't know, what are you talking about? And he goes, you, you, you prayed with me and my whole body started to, sh- to tremble and, and shake and I can't stop crying. And, I'm just, and I said, oh man, that was the Holy Spirit. That was the presence of God. And your body isn't designed to handle that, man. Like you're, you're responding to the presence of God. It's just, it's just a lot for you right now. Feels pretty good though, doesn't it? And he was like, yeah. But I was like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, I had another friend of mine that, that kind of had an experience similar this just recently and was like, I, I'm overwhelmed by, by the love and the, and the goodness of God. I remember one time I was in a church service. I, was, um, I grew up around a lot of the charismatic and Pentecostal stuff. And if I'm being honest with you, grew frustrated because um, it just felt like we were chasing an experience and then not really producing any, anything in our lives. And so it was like this crazy, goofy thing. Um, and so I just, I was kind of in a place where I had gotten a little skeptical and I was in this church service, about a thousand people, a thousand seat auditorium in the room. And I was just like, they're praying for each other and, and um, giving, giving people words from the Lord. And I was just like, man, I was, I'm going to the bathroom. Like I, so I got up to leave and I'm walking out of the auditorium and uh, I, I hear the, the, the speaker behind me say, uh, young man, Young man, you there in the aisle. Well, come on, how many know you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Y'all better stay in your seat for this message because I will get, I'm just kidding. He says, young man, tur- turn around for a, just turn around for a moment. And um, I turned around and he says, hey, I just, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to me, you don't need to be skeptical right now. God is going to use your life. He's got an anointing on your life. You're to be a voice, not an echo, and you'll be a pastor to nations. And you just need to receive what God has for you. And as soon as he said that, I, my whole body just began to tremble. And I was mad about it. I'm like, I am not, I'm like, I'm, I'm the weirdo. Now I'm the weirdo. I'm standing in the middle of this church, and, and I began to cry. God's presence overwhelmed me. I'm a crier. I get in God's presence, and I just melt into a puddle. Anybody else? Just, come on, just be honest. You just, you're, you're a cry. That's, that's just me. And so I don't want you, because of, because of maybe some of the things that you've seen or experienced or heard, I don't want you to be turned off to the idea of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Can we just, 
Can we establish a baseline today where we just say, you know what? I'm open to whatever God would have for me. You cool with that? And it's not weird. You might be weird. I'm at times a little weird, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. But he can do things in our lives that just are beyond our comprehension and what we're used to. So let me just, let me bring it down to some very simple, practical things that help us understand when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, because it should produce something. And this was kind of my issue growing up around that culture, is, is we started to treat God like a, like, like, here, let me just say it to you this way. If you want a thrill ride, go to Six Flags. But if you want to have your life transformed, get into the presence of God. If you want to have something produced in you, get into the presence of God. You all with me this morning? And so Holy Spirit, fill me. And what, what will happen when we do that? And so I just spent some time this week studying through the scripture. Okay, well, what, what does that produce? What happens when the Holy Spirit is, is filling me up and he's working in my life? And so uh, let's finish the statement from last week, Holy Spirit, fill me. If we were to pray that, and I will what? Well, it's a few things. The first one is I will be fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. Because I will be, if the Holy Spirit is, has filled my life, if he's activated and working in my life, then it should produce some fruit in my life. And so this is actually a great measure of kind of where I'm at in my relationship with the Lord is, is, is where is the fruit? I heard uh, Pastor Larry Stock still say this one time. He says, I don't judge people but I do inspect fruit. Come on, y'all, that's good. I do inspect fruit. And so if you mean all the time, I'm concerned about your spiritual walk. If I'm losing my temper all the time, I'm concerned about my spiritual, my spiritual walk. If I'm being controlled by my flesh all the time, I'm, I'm concerned about my spiritual walk. And I want to encourage you today to invite the Holy Spirit to kind of help you inspect, is there, is there fruit in my life? And Paul says to his letter to the Galatians, he says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of what? Fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. I'm good with all of these except this one. I'm like, really, Paul? Come on. Love, joy, peace. Come on, everybody say it. Patience, some of you said it the way I feel about it. You're like, patience. <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm on the fence with that last one, too. Come on. I'm all about self-control until I drive past the Dunkin' Donuts. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, do I really want to have that fruit in my life? Self-control. There is no law against these things. How many, how many think the whole world could use more of all of that? How many, how many think we could have more love in our world, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more, more goodness? More, and, the, and the thing is, nobody's going to tell you to stop. If the fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life, I've never, uh, we've had Pastor Perry on our team now for a while. I'm sure he's probably out in the lobby talking or something. Had, had him on our team for a while. He, he's just the most kind, patient, gracious person. Uh, per, he'll sit and counsel people and talk with people. That's why we have him on staff, because you don't want me to counsel you. I'll just be like, that's stupid. You should stop doing that. <laughs> I don't know how. Well, it's in your Bible. Go read it. All right, so, so, that's, how I, that's how I counsel. Pastor, he's just so, and you know what's crazy is I've never had anybody come complain to me about Pastor Perry and be like, you know, 
Uh, he's just a little too nice. I just, I went into that meeting thinking he would slap me in the face and he didn't do it. No, of course not. The whole world is actually craving this, the fruit that the Spirit should produce in our lives. And nobody's ever going to complain to you about having the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life. Amen? So if, the, if I'm full of the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit's working in my life, I will be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. The second one is, the Bible says if I'm, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, if the Spirit's working in my life, then I will also be gifted. I'll be gifted. Y'all, I have some gifts. You have some gifts. We don't need to be arrogant or cocky. But you know it's okay to just be like, I got some gifts, y'all. There's some stuff I can do. Like I, I for whatever reason, God gave me some, some musical stuff. My whole family is a, is a musical family. And so I could play that thing a little bit. I could play that thing a little bit. I could play those a lot of bit. Um, I've, I've had the opportunity to lead worship. For some reason, he, get, he, he, he wired my brain to just kind of understand technology and, and, and nerdy stuff. And so when our church needs a new computer, we don't go to Best Buy and buy one. We build it because it's fun. Probably not the thing I need to be doing with my time, but it's fun. It's fun for me to get together with our tech guys and go, let's put this thing together piece by piece. For whatever reason, he made my brain work that way. I don't, I don't know why, but it's a gift. Come on, can I hear an amen? It's a gift. My wife, when she realized that, I'll never forget, we're younger in our marriage, because she was cool. She's a cool kid. Cheerleader, made varsity cheerleader freshman year. Like, she was cool. And then she saw me working on a computer one night, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I married a nerd. I'm like, yeah, you did, girl. And I got the cheerleader. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I have some gifts. Um, standing here and communicating is one of my gifts. But there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm not good at, a whole bunch. Um, I, I have to work really hard to, on administrative things. I, organization isn't the thing that comes most natural to me. I get distracted easily. I'm like, hey, what's, hey, there's a, it's a butterfly. I just, I, there, there's some, there's some, there's some gifts that you have that I don't have, and I have some gifts that you don't have. Y'all, y'all tracking with me this morning? Some things that each of us, that the Holy Spirit has uniquely placed inside of us, and Peter says, 1 Peter 4.10 says that God has given each of you, everybody say it, he's given you a gift from his great variety of Spiritual. So he's got a bunch. It's pretty awesome. He's got a whole bunch of things that he can bring to life in us. And then he says, use them well. Which means I have a responsibility to figure out what is the gift that the Holy Spirit has put in my life. And then how do I hone my craft around that gift? How do I keep getting better? How do I keep tweaking it? How do I keep working at it? I've gone back and looked at some of my notes from messages I preached five, six, seven years ago, 10 years ago. I've gone back and listened to myself sometimes, the recording of some things that I preached. Y'all, I'm not even sure I was saved. Like, I, I, I was, there was stuff I said that I'm like, that is, that is dumb. Why did you say that to the church? That was awful. It's amazing. Anybody comes here. Are y'all with me this morning? Are you okay? You awake? But over the years, I just keep working on the craft. I just keep working on the gift. 
I go back and listen. I go, well, don't say that again. I won't say that again. Y'all, the whole dream team made fun of me at a Christmas party one year because I was trying to cast vision. Some of you all were around for this. I was trying to cast vision. We were meeting in a movie theater. It was in really bad shape, really awful. But we had an opportunity to uh, remodel and refinish a room upstairs in that movie theater that had been for private parties, like birthday parties and stuff. They didn't use it anymore. It was in really, it was in disrepair. And so we said, hey, we'll pay the money. If you'll let us, we'll put down all new carpet in the hallway that leads to it. We'll recarpet the room. Our theory was everywhere we go should be better because Jesus is with us. We'll repaint it. All, and so they let us do all of that, turn it into a, a nursery so that we have a better environment for the little kids on Sunday mornings. And so I'm trying to, to, to tell the church, I'm worried that parents are going to be a little um, nervous because the distance from where they're at to where their kids are going to be is going to be further away than where we used to be. And we used to, we used to convert the lobby of the movie theater into our nursery. We'd put down these foam mats everywhere and these little, we'd fence them in like a petting zoo. It was, it was great. And every once in a while, like a little toddler would just go trucking through the fencing and it was like jailbreak. And so then there's people chasing toddlers everywhere. So we'd, we'd, we had this room that, we're, and so I'm saying to the parents, hey, yes, they're gonna be farther away, but it's gonna be a more excellent environment. It's gonna be a safer environment. Like right now, your babies are out there in the lobby. There's all those big glass doors. Like any predator could be walking by looking in the, looking in the glass. Not a great way to cast vision to the church, everybody. Terrible decision. So guess what, they, my, my, guess what my leaders do to me at the Christmas party that year? Every skit somehow includes somebody in a predator mask, the alien predator mask. They just messed with me for a whole night at Christmas. I love your pastor. Thank you, guys. Come on, how many know we got to keep honing our craft, using the gift well, getting better at it? I'm thankful for the people who were on this platform just a couple minutes ago. I can tell you, I've been around Carlos for a lot of years. He was amazingly talented and gifted already when we met him, but he just keeps getting better. Right? My, my wife, I'm a little biased. But she's the... She's the best version of a worship leader that she's ever been, 11 years, almost 11 years into leading our church now. John back there on drums, he just gets better and better. I'm so thankful for the people in our church who are activating and using their gift well, come on, in service to our king and in service to our, our church family. I'm thankful for the greeters who activate their gift and, and welcome you as you come in the front door. I'm thankful for the hospitality team who activate their gift and try to make sure that we have warm environments available to you as you, as you come into church. I'm thankful for everybody in our Next Gen's team who's activating their gift this morning and they're on the other side of that wall discipling and leading kids into a relationship with Jesus and, and teaching them what it means to follow Jesus. Come on, aren't you thankful for the people in your life who are using the gift well to serve one another. And so he says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. And you can tell he's a preacher because he amens himself. Paul says it this way to the Corinthians. He says, to one person... The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. That's my wife. She's got the faith gift. She just, everything. She just responds with faith. And I'm, you know, I could be like, we're all going to die. She'd be like, no, 
We're fine. God's got it. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Here's, we used to teach this actually in Life Track years ago. How do you know if you have the gift? And this is real simple. If you have it, it'll work. So if you think you have the gift of healing and you pray for people and they get worse, not your gift, right? If you think your gift is word of knowledge and that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you walk up to a complete stranger and you're like, hey, John, and they're like, "That's my name is Alex. You ain't got it. <laughs> Told you, Holy Spirit's not weird. This stuff is very logical. If you have the gift, it'll work. Now, you might need to develop the gift. You might need to hone your craft on the gift. And still another person, he says, is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Well, another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only who, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. And let me tell you also what is awesome about the Holy Spirit. He can wake up any gift in you anytime he wants to use it in you. We actually have a whole process to help you figure this out. If you're like, I, I have gifts, what are they? That's the whole week two of life track. It's, it's not for the church's benefit, it's for you to figure out what is God doing in you? What is your gift? How does God want to use your, your life? We have a whole process where we do it. It's a spiritual gifts inventory. And you know what, it's, it's interesting. I, I sat and did it myself recently and had not done it for years. For years and years, my number one spiritual gift was evangelism. It just, I just knew every time I did it, evangelism, that's gonna be it. And um, I sat and did it recently, and for the first time in, in like 10 years, the Holy Spirit had, had woken up some new things in me. Evangelism was about halfway down the list, and leadership and apostleship were the, were the top two gifts that the Holy Spirit was, was working in my life. I was like, okay, well, that's, that, ex that actually explains some things. That explains why, you know what, I've, I've been having more clarity about what needs to happen next and where we're going. That's, God's been speaking some unique things to me about our church and who should be in what seat on the bus and, and how we get to the next place that God has taken. That actually makes sense. And so it's pretty cool that the whole, if the Holy Spirit, if normally you're not very good at being hospitable, but the Holy Spirit needs you to be hospitable, he can wake that up in you. If he needs you to be full of faith for a difficult season in your life, he can stir that up in you. And so I will be fruitful. Everybody say, I'll be fruitful. And I'll be gifted. Everybody say, I'll be gifted. And here's the, here's the third one. This is what happens if I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I will have supernatural power. Thought you'd be more excited about that one. Come on, I will have supernatural power. I will, yeah, it's doesn't mean anything now. You're faking it. I don't, I, I don't even accept it. I heard somebody explain this one time this way. 
You know, what this really means, the Holy Spirit filling me, means I will have a supernatural ability to participate in what God is doing. I heard somebody else say it this way, and I love this definition. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is God just takes my natural and adds his super to it. Come on, how many know we're all natural? Not all natural. I mean, all, we're just, we are, we're just, we're natural, we're living in the natural, but I, I like it when the Holy Spirit adds his super to my natural. Amen? He can, anything's possible when he does that. And now I'm empowered by him to participate in what he wants me to do. And it's right here in Acts 1.8. It says, you will receive what? Power. In the Greek, it's dunamis. It's the same word we get dynamite from. So explosive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I will be fruitful. I will be gifted. And I'm going to have the power that I need from God to do whatever it is he's asking me to do. So check it out. You don't need to be intimidated by anything that God would want to do in your life because the power of the Holy Spirit is available to you. And I don't know about you, but I want all of that. I want to be fruitful. I want to be gifted. And I want his power activated and working in my life. Raise your hand if you say, me too. I want all three of those in my life as well. Okay. It's most of us, so I will continue with the message. So there was something that happened, and I'll show you one story, but this happens multiple times uh, in the book of Acts. There's a group of believers in Samaria, and when the, Jeru- when the apostles in Jerusalem had heard that this pe- these people in Samaria had given their hearts to Jesus, they, they had a salvation experience like-, like a lot of you have had. They sent Peter and John there, and as soon as they arrived, watch this, They prayed for these new believers, because they're Christians, to receive who? Holy Spirit. Well, what is that? Like they're already saved. And the Holy Spirit already working there? Yeah. I mean, when we give our hearts to Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to life in us. But there are actually, in your Bible, there are actually three baptisms. The moment that you first realize, oh my goodness, I need Jesus to be my savior. I'm gonna surrender my life to him. That's a baptism. You're baptized into the family of God. Then at some point you say, you know what? I wanna follow the example of Jesus and I wanna declare publicly before the whole world that I belong to Jesus. Dunk me in that water, which by the way is coming up in October. That's water baptism, that's the second baptism. There's a third baptism. That's what we're seeing right here is that they'd already been baptized into the family of God, but they had not yet received what in, in theology we would call baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I know for a lot of you, like right now you're going like, uh, where are we going, Pastor? Because you said it's not weird. And it's not. It literally just means to be immersed in the power of God so that you can do the things he is divinely calling you to do. There's nothing weird about it. In fact, I... I I desperately want it. One of the things I've always prayed for this church, for this house, is that God would do something here that you wouldn't be able to credit humans for. 
that, that you'd have to go, man, I, there's, only God could do that. O- only, God could, only God could take this, this idea of a church and give birth to it in a, honestly, not a great scenario, the building we used to meet in. And, it, it, and it's going to struggle for four years, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's going to become fruitful beyond your wildest dreams. Like, I didn't see that coming. There's so many things along the journey that, it, like, it just, there's no way that any of us are sitting here today, or I'm standing, you're sitting. There's no way that any of us are here today experiencing what we're experiencing without the supernatural work of God. Amen. He did it, and he continues to do it. And there's, there is an experience beyond coming into relationship with Jesus. It goes on to say, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands up on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. So there's this, this is the, what we would call the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I know for some of you, you're still like, I don't know, man, because last time I was around, anybody talking like that, it got weird. And let me just remind you, the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. People are weird. Some, some of you are elbowing your neighbor. Please don't do that. It's not polite. So here you have this group of people. They had come into relationship with Jesus, but there was more. Have you ever found yourself in your spiritual journey thinking, there's more than this, right? There's got to be more than this. And I, I get it. Like, we can all fall into the trap of just, like, we come into a relationship with Jesus, and we kind of think we know what that looks like. And so we're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I, I guess I better go to church. I'll check that box. I'm a Christian, so I got to, you know, I got to do some Bible. So I'll, I'll put the Bible app on my phone. I'll read the, I'll read the verse of the day, and, and I'll, I'll check that box. I'll get myself some worship music. I'll, I'll check that box. And you're kind of going through all the motions and still find yourself going, is that it? Isn't there something else? Isn't there something beyond this? And I just want to tell you this morning, there is more. There is more. That's what happened to these believers is the, the apostles came and said, hey guys, welcome to the family Glad you've given your lives to Jesus. Can we tell you something? There's more. We're going to pray for you. We're going to lay hands on you. You're going to experience more. Can I just encourage you with something today? If you find yourself going like, is this it? I just want to tell you that's not it. The Holy Spirit is the more that you're looking for. Come on, I made it rhyme, everybody. Isn't that awesome? Come on, the Holy Spirit is the more that you're looking for. And I just want to tell you, these seasons, they're going to come in your life where you're going to find yourself going, is this it? And I just want to encourage you in those moments to always go back to the Holy Spirit and say, all right, I've come to this place, God, where I I feel like there's got to be more than this. Holy Spirit, you're the more. Lead me into whatever's coming next. Take me to the next place in my spiritual journey. Teach me. So I, I I want to encourage you with this today. You Maybe you find yourself today sitting in church going, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be more. And if you want to experience all that the Holy Spirit has for you, 
What would that look like? Ephesians chapter four, verse 30 says, don't, don't grieve God, don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself, don't, don't take it for granted. I just wanna encourage you when you find yourself going, what, what, what is the more? Where, where is the more? There's a lot of things you could try to do. There's a lot, of, a lot of things you could, Paul says there's a whole bunch of stuff you could try to fill your life with. Don't, instead be filled, everybody say filled, with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the question then is, if I wanna be fruitful, if I wanna experience the, the giftings and, and I want a supernatural power, how? What do I do? I'll be quick, I'm gonna wrap it up. Just three things I wanna invite you into today. Here's the first one. If you wanna be, be filled with the Spirit of God, then, then you're gonna to need to take a moment and remove any barrier that might be keeping you from everything he has. Everybody just close your eyes right now. I just feel like we need to do this right now. Some of you are listening to this message today and there's more. Didn't do this in the first service. I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to do this right now. There's more, but there's a barrier in your life. And you kind of probably already know what it is. There's an area of your life you haven't fully surrendered. Maybe there's an area of life where you've experienced pain and you haven't let the Holy Spirit heal you yet. Maybe there's some skepticism or some doubt. Maybe there's some unforgiveness or a broken relationship that needs to be reconciled. I, I don't know what it is, but I sense right now in this moment that the Holy Spirit is saying to some of us, I want so badly to move in your life, but we gotta get this barrier out of the way. We gotta get it out of the way. So let the Holy Spirit in his gentle way right now, he, it, won't, it won't come as judgment, it won't come as condemnation. But for some of us right now, the Holy Spirit is kind of whispering to us and he's saying, haven't you had enough? Haven't you had enough of this thing keeping you from receiving all that I have for you? Can we get rid of it today? Can you surrender it? Can you place that on the altar? because I really want to, the Holy Spirit's saying, I really want to take you to the next place. But we can't go there until you release this area of your life. And if he's placed something in your heart right now, an area of your life that's a barrier, here's what comes next. Look right up here. Acts 2.38, Peter tells the crowd he's preaching to, look, if there's barriers in our lives, what we have to do is repent and turn. 
Repent's not as scary as we make it out to be. I mean, it just feels so, I think a lot of people just equate it with judgment. But to repent literally just means, oh, I'm not where I was supposed to be. I need to change direction. The other day I was driving to get a haircut. It's a couple weeks ago. I was driving to get a haircut. I left my, got in my car, left my driveway, left my neighborhood. Muscle memory took over. Next thing I know, I'm pulling into the church. I pull in, I go, what am I doing here? This is not where I'm supposed to go. Y'all know what I did? I turned around and I drove to the hair place. That's what repentance looks like. To go, oh, that's not where I was supposed to be. (laughs) I was supposed to be over there. Okay. Lord, I'm going to turn. Would you just lead me? Okay, we're going this way? Okay, let's go. That's repentance. And here's what's awesome. He says, if you'll turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And check this out. It's not just for you. It's for the next generation and the next generation. For every person in your circle of influence and every person in their circle of influence and every person in their circle of influence. It's for all who've been called by the Lord our God. So if we want to be full of the Spirit, we have to remove the barriers. We have to remove the barriers. I'm cutting it close on time. Will you all hang with me just a couple more minutes? No? Yes? I'm going anyway. If you leave, you leave. I'll just preach to the chairs. It's fine. So I want to remove the barriers. Number two, invite Him. For some of us, the Holy Spirit is just waiting for us to say, I want whatever you have for me, I want it. He's so, the Holy Spirit is so unique because he's so powerful, but he's so kind. He'll just, if you, he just, he just like, you invite me, I'll, I'll come, I'll show up. And some of us have even held back. We haven't invited the Holy Spirit because we don't, we're a little fearful or we don't fully understand and so we tend to avoid things we don't understand and that we're afraid of but can I just say something to you this morning all that you have right now is not all that God has for you there is more and the Holy Spirit loves to show up where he's invited and I, I just sense the Holy Spirit kind of settling on the room right now. Do you all feel that? Like he's here. Because we've invited him and he wants to move in your life. There's a beautiful picture, I think, of what it means to journey into relationship with the Holy Spirit in Ezekiel chapter 47. And the prophet says that that this man was leading him eastward with a measuring line in his hand and he he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Some of us have had some ankle deep experiences with the Holy Spirit. You, you, you came into church today and you sang the songs and you felt some goosebumps. Ankle deep. Awesome. Good for you. 
we were traveling this last year, this last summer, a couple months ago. One of the places that we stayed had a mountain river running right up against the back end of the property. My son and I both, we walked down to the waterfront and it's all rocks and pebbles and so took our shoes off and actually two of the places we stayed, our whole family did it. And walked out into the, the flowing water. It's amazing how there's, it just felt like there's this infinite flowing supply, never ending. I guess we're city people because we didn't feel safe going any more than ankle deep. But, you know, we did ankle deep, all right, you know. But watch. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Come on, now you're at Freedom, you're in your Freedom Group, you're at Freedom Conference, right? Now we're like, okay, all right, now something's happening. Knee deep. Then he measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. This is a, I think this is our students at Motion Conference. They're like, pool party! Jesus! It's, way, it's waist deep. Be all, look, look what God has for you. He measured off another thousand and now it was a river I couldn't even cross. The water had risen and it was deep enough to swim in a river that nobody would have able to like there's just, it's overwhelming. It's supply is endless. Y'all, that's what the Holy Spirit has for us. And I just wanna encourage you today to think about where you're at. Have you gone ankle deep? If not, maybe it's time you wade out into the river and see what God has for you. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Maybe you're already ankle deep. Maybe today it's time to go knee deep. or wasting, and I think what God wants for us ultimately is like, let's just get out there and experience all that God has for us. Invite him. Remove the barriers and invite him so that then you can develop a genuine friendship with the Holy Spirit. This is, this is really what it's supposed to look like. It's friendship. I want that so bad for you today. I want you to experience all that God has for you. There's a beautiful scripture in 2 Corinthians where Paul kind of ties it all together as he's wrapping up his letter to the church at Corinth. And he says in chapter 13, verse 14, he says, hey, hey guys, listen. I want you to experience the amazing grace of the master Jesus, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. A lot of you have had trouble understanding what, what's the Trinity, what does that even mean to me? There's all three right there. Jesus, his grace gift of salvation, our Heavenly Father, his unfailing, immeasurable love, and the Holy Spirit who's available to be with you right now. An intimate friendship. So I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. Don't close your eyes yet. Stand to your feet all across the room. We're gonna wrap this up.
And I just want to ask you, if you're here in person or watching online, have you really experienced the amazing grace of Jesus? Everything I've taught about today, experiencing the Holy Spirit, you need this first. To come to the place where you realize that Jesus gave his life for you on a cross, paid a very steep price so that you and I would never be responsible for the wages that are owed for our our sin and our mistakes. It's a grace gift. There is nothing you could do to earn salvation. He willingly laid down his life for you and for me. So I just wanna ask today, have you received the gift? Are you in relationship with Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you repented of a life where Jesus is not in control and turned to a life where he is in control? So why don't we close our eyes for a moment? And if you're in this room or watching online, I won't be able to see you if you're online, but that's okay. And you would say, Pastor Michael, I've not received the gracious wonderful gift of salvation yet Jesus is not Lord of my life but I know today I should surrender to him would you just just raise a hand real quick just so I know you're in the room I won't embarrass you, I won't call you to the front just want to pray with you, anybody? just raise it real quick just going to wait a second I see it, anybody else? I see it, anybody else? good job, thank you proud of you. It's awesome. If you raised your hand today in person or online, I want you just to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life right now. I'll help you with some words. You can make it your own. Just say, Jesus, I recognize I'm broken. I'm empty. And I've been doing life without you. I don't want to do that anymore. So today I surrender to you completely. Would you take over? Become Lord of my life. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sin and my mistakes. I believe you rose from the dead three days later. And from this day on, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, y'all, let's celebrate as heaven grows a little bit this morning. Come on, isn't that awesome? Okay, so some now have experienced, now now hopefully all of us, I hope, have experienced the amazing grace of Jesus. What about the extravagant love of the Father? This is what happened to one of my friends recently. He he was like, man, I have never been so overwhelmed by the love of God. I, I can't explain it. And y'all, you just need to know he loves you. And I, I know this better than most. If you have any kind of like father wounds, this is a tough one to wrap your head around. But I just want you to know, that's why Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, because he knew that you and I would be a mess. And he offered his son anyway. And you just, some of you just need to hear that today and receive it for the first time ever. You are loved by your heavenly father. He loves you. 
He loves you. Just receive that today. And all that brokenness that you've experienced from people who were supposed to love you, just know, this is where it clicked for me when I realized people can't love me unconditionally. They're gonna try, but they're gonna mess it up. But every wound that was created by a person, God loves me the opposite. He is incapable of traumatizing you. He is incapable of abandoning you. He is incapable of walking away from you. All he has for you is love. In fact, the scriptures say he literally is love. So why don't you just take a second right now and just receive the love of God if you've never done that before. Just let that wash over you. I am loved. Oh my gosh, I'm loved. I'm okay. He's got me. He loves me. He doesn't doesn't owe me anything and he chooses. He chooses to love me and I'm I make all these mistakes and he still loves me. The grace of Jesus, the love of the Father, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And there's just one thing I wanna, last thing I wanna invite you to, to, to pray today to say, and that would just be Holy Spirit, fill me, baptize me. I wanna have an intimate friendship with you. So if you, if you desire that today, would you, can we one last time in, in just a posture of prayer, close our eyes and would you just lift your hands in a, in a sign of surrender? I know that's uncomfortable for some of you, but it's, I promise you it's scriptural, it's biblical. We just go before God and we, we lift our hands. It's a posture of openness and, and surrender and, and worship. And then Listen, it's not gonna be weird, but it might be emotional. Would you just invite the Holy Spirit to fill your life this morning? Just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Baptize me. I, re- I recognize that all, of I, all that I already have, everything I've experienced up till now, God, there is more. You have more for me. So Holy Spirit, fill me up. Fill me. I, I wanna be fruitful. I want to to be gifted. Fill me with power. Give me some assignments in my life that I would only ever be able to accomplish them through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working in me. Holy Spirit, fill us today. I pray that this house, God, would be a a spirit-filled house that each and every one of us would not be afraid but with open hearts, with willing hearts, we would invite you, Holy Spirit, to move, to fill us. We wanna experience all that you have for us. In Jesus' name.